0: Thank you for downloading this special story cast from RT Lyric FM's Culture File. Culture File presents Walter the Warmonger, written and read by Lisa Fingleton. Walter the Warmonger. Once upon a time, there was a mean and miserable man named Walter. He lived in a huge, boring white mansion on a hill behind ginormous steel gates. He had two cross dogs named Max and Shirley. They weren't born as cross dogs, but they were very unhappy in this non-home and really wanted to escape. Anyway, Walter was mean. He spent all his time counting money and trying to figure out new ways to make profit. He sold guns, tanks and all sorts of war weapons. He loved working on weapons that hadn't even been developed yet. He loved thinking of new ways to kill people so that he could add more money to his bank accounts. Walter was very aware that to keep building his empire, he had to convince children from an early age that war was normal. He spent a lot of time figuring out how to get children used to war. He had to make sure that they would grow into adults who accepted that war was a natural part of life. He knew he had to be clever with this and not make it too obvious. Thankfully, two-year-olds were already using smartphones. They were playing simple games with a cat and mouse who were always trying to kill each other. Obviously he had to be careful as most children were still living in homes where gross things like love and kindness were still being forced on them by parents. Love and kindness were not things that Walter could make any money from, so he had to find ways to undermine them. Walter was mean but also clever and it can be dangerous when mean and clever people also have power. Walter loved working with young designers who were clever and mean too. They were able to invent games that could make other young people do nasty things. What he loved most was that the children didn't even know this was happening. They thought they were just playing games and that it was all just for fun. Once the children got to five or so, they started to play a building game. The company who designed the game sold it to parents as educational and a modern version of a building block game they played as children. Parents gradually got used to leaving their children on tablets. It was a win-win. The children seemed happy and the parents got time to catch up on jobs like making dinner, washing clothes, cleaning, making lunches, travelling to school or work and all the other jobs associated with life. The children didn't think about the fact that these worlds were full of buildings, human avatars and pets. With little thought for wild creatures, they could instantly destroy buildings with bombs and dynamite sticks and protect their new world with toy guns. But Walter and his teams had a clear vision where all this was going. By 10 years old, the children were virtually connected with their friends after school and could shoot and kill each other freely after homework. They could work in teams to ward off invading zombies and terrify themselves before bedtime. Then as teenagers, the visuals on screen became more violent. Young people spent more and more time in their rooms playing war games and drifting in and out of real and virtual worlds. Boundaries between worlds were blurring all the time. Walter was simply delighted with the way it was all working out. All the money he made from war games was going into his business that made real weapons. By the time the teenagers were playing with Rambo-like army rangers, Walter was ready to sell real arms. Unfortunately for Walter, there were still too many countries who didn't allow children to carry real weapons, but he was working on that. According to Walter, children needed to be able to protect themselves from zombies in the real world. Walter was so rich that he had lots of connections with other rich and famous people, including presidents and politicians. He liked to see the world as a huge, real-life game and played on lots of big screens on his walls and desk. He saw the world as a game where you build cities and then bomb them to the ground. That way people had to keep starting over again and had to keep buying new stuff. All his friends then made money too. He and his friends often decided to start wars. They liked selling guns and weapons to one group and encouraging them to do something bold until the other side felt the need to fight back. Walter and his friends then sold weapons to both sides. They were always ready with a huge supply of guns, tanks, missiles and aircraft. Walter's friend Eddie bought a lot of media stations in different countries. Sometimes they spent hours talking about the best images and messages they could use to create the most fear around the world. Fear sells. The more war, the better for business. Individuals, groups and countries felt the need to buy arms to protect themselves and that was good for business. Of course, war also released loads of carbon into the atmosphere which caused more climate chaos. Again, this was a win-win for Walter and all his friends. They sold advertising for insurance and security systems and they saw their sales literally rocket over the years. There was no profit in peace. Walter knew he had to keep wars going all over the planet so he could keep making billions. He ate, slept and breathed war. But today he wakes to hear the dogs barking. Shirley and Max never bark as there is never anything to bark about. Nothing ever disturbs the quiet and he rubs his eyes, feeling very confused. The mansion is on a high hill and is made from reinforced glass and steel. They built a façade on the front to make it look like a real house, but essentially it is a future-proofed bunker. The dogs must be barking very loud if I can actually hear them, he thought. What is going on? His phone rings by the bed. It is the security guard at the gate. He sounds very nervous and can hardly speak. Um, um, sir, Uh, very sorry to disturb you, but there's a woman here at the gate. She, um, she, um, she says she's your daughter. Walter drops the phone to the floor. This can't be possible. He had completely forgotten that he had a daughter. She left with her mother when she was five. He never allowed himself to think of either of them since. He reaches to take his phone from the floor. "'Ridiculous! Tell them to go away,' he says. "'I don't have a daughter.' He hears the guard relay the message. He hears her voice. "'Tell my father that my mother was killed in the war. "'We lost our home, our school, our hospital.' The security guard repeats what she said. Walter says nothing. Instead, he jumps out of bed to look at the security gate monitor on his desk. "'And there is her face.' Hazel-brown eyes, dark skin and she looks just like her mother. Walter can hardly breathe. Sir, the security guard asks again. Sir, what do you want me to do? Tell her to leave my property. His daughter speaks loudly so he can hear. Tell him that his grandchild, Raisa, walked three days to the border and we have travelled for seven weeks to get to this gate. We are hungry. Walter thinks he's going to throw up. He zooms out the screen and there is a small girl, just a little younger than his own daughter when she left. Maybe three or four? We are very tired and we have nowhere else to go, she says. Though she is trying hard not to cry, Walter can see tears starting to roll down her face. Walter can't help the flashbacks. He sees his wife standing at the door of this very room. She has his daughter by the hand and the tears are flowing down her face. She says, We cannot live like this. We are leaving. Walter remembers trying to ignore them. He was in a meeting with the designer for the new season's war game for 12-year-olds. It was set in the Amazon rainforest. It was all about an indigenous tribe trying to defend their home using new technology against the illegal loggers. He loved the idea and didn't have time for more domestic disputes at that moment. At that time his wife and child were living in the far side of the mansion anyway so them leaving was no big loss. He turned to them and said don't ever come back. He did look briefly to see them walking down the corridor but he never thought about them since. That was over 20 years ago. Today he feels irritated by this disruption years later. He snaps at the security guard tell them to leave my property and to never come back. With that, he throws the phone across the room and turns off the gate security monitor on his desk. He makes himself a coffee from the machine on his desk and opens a spreadsheet to review profits across his different companies. He sits back in his chair, trying to feel the usual satisfaction he experiences when business is booming. Damn it! He can't concentrate. He turns back on the screen just to check they are gone. No, they are still standing at the gate – He zooms in on his daughter's face. Zina, yes, that is her name. He remembers the day she was born and the first time he held her, smiling and so relieved that the long labour was over. He was crying for the one and only time in his life. Happy tears, his wife said as she wiped them away gently. Now he can see the pain in her face as she looks down on her own child. He is glad that she is hurting. He is enjoying the feeling of power and is glad to feel in control again. But then her face shows something like relief and she reaches out towards the gate. He zooms out and there is the security guard handing her two cups. And are they sandwiches and cakes on a tray? A rage rises inside him. He runs for the door, tapping each door in succession with his security tab. He charges down the stairs and in a fury unlocks the four bolts on the enormous front door. The fresh air nearly knocks him over. How many years has it been since he left the confines of his mansion? He has everything he needs. A pool, gym and virtual golf course. He has never needed to leave. Yet here he is standing outside the front door and feeling drops of rain falling from the dark clouds. He hesitates slightly but the rage propels him towards the gate. Within seconds the dogs, Max and Shirley, run towards him and pin him to the ground. Walter screams, Get off me, you idiots! You were meant to be protecting me! But of course they've never met Walter. They snarl at him until the security guard whistles and they return to him. Walter, now covered in slobber, drags himself off the ground and continues towards the gate. What are you doing? He screams at the security guard. You are fired! 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 Instead of looking afraid, the security guard shrugs his shoulders and looks relieved. Water screams at Zena, Leave me alone. Stop eating my food. She and Raisa keep eating and he feels they are ignoring him. He can't bear being ignored. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I have worked hard all my life so I could be left alone. Just leave me in peace. Peace, roared Zena back at him with the ferocity of a lioness. How dare you use that word? Walter is taken aback. No one has screamed at him since his wife left all those years ago. You who have caused all this pain, all this war. I have watched with shame for years while your awful companies have ruined lives all over the world. Raisa lost her grandmother, your wife in the war. Raisa starts to sob. Zena lifts her up and holds her close. The rain is falling heavier now and they are all getting soaked. Walter is afraid that he might catch a cold. Zena speaks more quietly this time. Stop bullying people and let us in. Raisa is exhausted and she needs to sleep. Let us in. Shirley and Max are staring up at him. The security guard stares at the ground, not knowing where to look. All their clothes are wet and Raisa is holding her hand to Zena's face. Go home, Mammy. Let's go home. One night, Walter finds himself saying out loud, you can stay one night. Still scowling, he beckons to the security guard to open the gate. Zena picks up their small bag. She walks through the gate with Raisa in her arms. Shirley and Max follow them towards the house. Walter is worried. Worried that the world he so carefully constructed to ensure his own peace and quiet might start to unravel. That was Walter the Warmonger, written and read by Lisa Fingleton. It was a sounds doable production for RTE Lyric FM.